0: What's up and welcome to the Beyond Sundays podcast. I'm the host, Brett Stewart, and today my two co-hosts are Jeffrey Turner and Jake Mills. How's it going, fellas? It's well. So great. It's so great. I can feel the energy and the joy that you have right now, Jake.
1: Yeah, it's a joy-filled day for me, Brett. It's
0: a joy-filled day, and this is a joy-filled topic We're talking about a joy filled, hard question that's asked not only within the church and within Christianity, but
2: literally the entire world. Well, I think, yeah, I think it's been these last two years. If there's ever a time to think about suffering and like the idea of suffering, these last two years have lended itself pretty darn well to talking about hard times, difficult seasons, suffering. Like it is. We've had ample opportunity to have these discussions, so that's totally true. And
0: I mean, obviously, 2020 was a hard year, and we put so much hope in 2021. And I feel like that there was just as much suffering. Maybe it wasn't all entirely new, but you're right. I mean, that's that's two years of of going through a lot. And I would say that it's probably the most that the current generations have experienced together worldwide um those seasons of of suffering with with covid and, and everything else
1: yeah afterward. I think it's a it's caused a lot of people to think I think when there's a a worldwide kind of almost cosmic level you know huge affects everybody type thing like that it's natural for us to go where's God in this yeah you know what how does God? handle this why is he allowing this to happen you know there's a lot of suffering maybe especially for us in in the developing world um, I mean the developed world <laughs> I think that you know we we don't get to the depths of that kind of suffering yeah. very often and yeah you know, I was thinking like
2: uh, the generation of people that are young adults right now and like in their like starting their careers and families and everything, I mean, like, They're just generally been. there's not been a ton of suffering that we have had to go through we haven't had to go through like major wars we haven't had to go through like right. we've had economic ups and downs but never like just deep no great depressions. E- we've yeah. just not had this generation of which i am part of like we haven't yeah. had a ton of hard stuff and actually if anything our life has gotten so much easier like you know Cell phones weren't really a thing growing up, and now you got cell phones, and like just everything has been so much easy. We've been trained to desire ease. Mm-hmm. And so then 2020 and 2021 hit, and nothing is easy. Yeah. I mean, everything about life all of a sudden became very difficult. And I think maybe this is just the things that I see, but I think we showed we're not very good at dealing with suffering. No, yeah, yeah, I agree. Or and understanding it. Yeah.
1: Right. But outside and outside the church.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. not
2: even just outside the church. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But even asking the hard question and kind of like what we talked about last week and we're talking about this entire series is it's good to ask these questions. Absolutely. We don't need to be afraid of them. We don't need to be scared of what does it mean if we're asking this question or if someone we know is asking this question. In fact, it's great to ask, it's great to dive in and like really develop and even sometimes struggle to develop your understanding of what do you actually believe about God, about yourself, about redemption, about hope, and solidify that. It is a solidifying process within our faith. So for anyone who is asking the question, like, why does a good God, why does a loving God allow suffering Literally, you're right there with the entire world, and I think it's a great place to be asking that question because in asking it and in searching for an answer, our hope, our prayer is that you find Jesus and you Mm -hmm. find the life and you find the hope that he brings.
1: Yeah, David said on Sunday, you know, it's okay to ask why. Jesus asked why. You know, we model him, we follow him uh, and the way he handled Things and Jesus even did that, so we should be asking why um, for ourselves. One, you know, to understand and deepen our faith, uh, but also so that we can have an answer for other people. We're supposed to be, as Christ followers, you know, handling these, dealing with these, wrestling with these deep questions because other people are having these questions. You know, the pandemic brought that out, but people were asking these questions before, and and we can't be a people who who just go I don't know like I yeah I just grew up in the church so done you Or know?
0: even just like well the bible says yeah and just like this blanket statement Well then
2: Christians we love like in the heart when somebody's going through hard times we love the like listen god has everything for your good and you're like yeah that's fine. That's I just fine. put my kid in the grave, so yeah. I don't know yeah. like this, what this you, doesn't feel what you yeah. expected that to do for me. What kind of me?
1: good could come out of this? Yeah. Or we'll say, well, you know, God's in control.
0: Yeah.
2: And it's yeah. Like, like, well, really? God's yeah. in
1: control. I don't like it's him. It's not, because not very
0: comforting in the moment. Yeah, it's not.
1: Actually, it's, not it's the opposite. <laughs> it's the opposite of comforting. Yeah. I will
2: say this, this is a sidebar There's nothing to do with this conversation. We don't know what to tell people when things are hard. And yeah. if you want a freeing thing on the podcast today, it's this. Just don't say anything. I, you be said there. that nicely. I was going to say, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Be there, be present. But like, yeah. we yeah. we sadly because of the world, we like the jobs that no, we, we do. We go to, you know, we do funerals and we right. go to see people on their deathbed and like we're mm-hmm. in the middle of really ugly seasons of people's life. And I think one of the most freeing things a pastor friend told me a long time ago is when you get in those situations, you don't have to have any answers because yeah. honestly, the answers are difficult to understand at the best of times, but mm-hmm. in a tragedy, just Man, this is really just, hard. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Just yep. be just present be there, yep.
0: yeah, in the most loving way I can say it. Shut up and show up. Like, yeah, just, just be there. Just be there, and it's a totally. I mean, this would be a great podcast for the future to talk about grief and like a theology of grief because we're pretty terrible at it. And.
2: American culture. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe we'll end these seven weeks of like really raw raw podcasts with that one. What do you think? Bro? Really raw <laughs> raw. <laughs> yeah, this is.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Let's. Let, I think we should spend ten weeks on grief.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so let's. I mean, let's dive into this. Like, how can a good God allow suffering? How can a loving, beautiful God allow? suffering because again we we talked about last week this idea of deconstruction of faith and and often people are either rejecting Christ because they're rejecting the church or they're abandoning faith because they don't know how to understand pain. And so how how can we start to journey through this like how can a good God allow suffering? Well, David, I had
1: no idea. We're supposed to answer that. I, mean, I thought oh, is that, uh, that's what we're here that's for. That's what we're here for. Today, for? This is just a, like that's a ridiculous question. I have no idea. I'm just kidding. I'm
2: kidding. I love David broke it down like this. He said, the foundational reason that life is hard is because God loves us. And I guarantee you, when you're thinking about what David's about to say in that moment, it is it's not, not because God loves us. And of yeah. course, it's not like that, it's not like God loves us, so he makes our life really hard. But like the thought of life is hard because god loves us enough to give us a, a choice in what is happening yeah. at times in our lives and gave us choice in the very beginning in the garden of eden and mm-hmm. and because of that moment that, that there was choice for adam and eve that sin broke the world when they yeah. chose to do what when they chose to do what was against the, the heart of the father for them that choice that god gave them broke the world and we're still living in that broken Place yeah. right now,
1: and we continue to make that same choice. You know, yeah. like if it were me there, I would have made that choice. It's a, it's mankind's choice yeah. to rebel, and we're we're born with now with this sin in this fallen world. And so it's not like oh Adam and Eve chose to eat of this fruit, and this one mistake from this one person caused all the suffering in the world. Really, it's it's that we as mankind chose sin or self over God and yeah. because of that we open the door to brokenness. And so when we talk about suffering, you know, it's <clears throat> we we need to think about brokenness that that, you know, God created the world to be one way and for us to enjoy it and for us to walk in joy and in fellowship with Him, we chose, like you said, sin and we we broke it. We we caused brokenness to come into our world. And from that day forward, it's just spun out of control over and over and over and over, more and, yeah. more, and more and more and more until we have what we have today with all the suffering that we see around the world. That goes for you know, physical things like hurricanes and earthquakes, and also emotional things or, you know, pandemics or just our sin struggling with sin can't get over addiction, yeah. those kind of things. It's all wrapped up in that choice that led to sin. But without the choice, we would be robots and it, and God would not be showing his love to us. So yeah, David's and one of the point. things that
2: people will like, I don't know, argue against that whole thing is, well, if God is all-knowing and God is all-powerful, then why can't He just stop some of these bad things from happening? And the truth is still goes back to choice. It's, yes, Adam and Eve's, mankind's, but even still, God doesn't... We were not created to be marionettes in the hands of a puppet master. Mm -hmm. Like God is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. But He still gives us, day in and day out, the the right to choose the life He has for us, the right to not. But even if you're walking a life making righteous choices, that doesn't mean that the effects, the collective effect of the choice of sin in the world is not still prevalent and still everywhere.
1: Absolutely. David said that, you know, it's not always your own sin and your own choice that's causing. You're you're bumping up against a a systemic brokenness, a systemic... You know, fail in in the world, and other people's sin messes with your life. You know, and so it's like a it's it's like a hurricane. <laughs> you know, you're in the midst of this hurricane that you can't for sure. Our choices, my choices, Jake's choices affect Jake's life and cause problems. Yeah, but Jeffrey's choices affect my life as well, and you know. Government choices affect my life, and and all of that, and and so it's it's a it's a bigger deal than just I did the right thing, and yet yeah. still have to suffer. It's
0: right. bigger than that. And what I love about the Lord's redemption and His love for us is that as soon as our reality, as soon as humanity was marred by the effects of sin and suffering, He was already in pursuit and pointing. To us, this idea of of hope and restoration. And you you think about, you know, scripture kicks off with Genesis and the Garden of Eden, like what you were just talking about, but then it ends in revelation of of Jesus coming back and having the final victory and new heaven and new earth and this elimination of of death and suffering and sin. And so, like, those are the bookends of, of scripture and everything within it. Should be seen as what God is doing in pursuit of His creation and His people. How He's providing a way to lead them back into the place of perfect unity with the Father.
1: And it's right in the beginning, right when 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 God is is dealing with the sin, the choice of Adam and Eve, and He clothes them, and He and He announces what's going to happen to them and all of that and there's a curse that comes because of their choice, their decision, their sin, right? But then right in that moment, he he sets forth a prophecy and he says, "But one day, you know, you're you're going to have to toil against the ground to get the food out of it and the snake is going to bite your heel and all of that, but he goes, "But one day there's going to be somebody who stomps the head of the snake." In yeah. other words, just like you just said, you know, you will suffer for a time, but there will be a day where there's joy and and there's yeah. a, you know no pain and suffering is taken care of, and he points through the entirety of scripture, you know, all the way to Revelation, this promise, this promise, this promise of this Messiah Jesus. Jesus shows up, and then this promise of Jesus returning yeah. and the consummation of all things and, and and that whole that whole thing. You're right. It's but yeah. from the beginning at the in. You know, in the garden was there was this sin, but there was also promise. Yeah, and a promise that that which you have created this broken world will be restored. Yeah, uh, you can't do it, but Jesus, Jesus is going to do it.
0: Yeah, and something I love is that our hope for restoration isn't just this hope for when we die, although that is the greatest hope that there is restoration, healing, wholeness, eternal life, but that God redeems our suffering now. Like, Mm -hmm. God redeems and, and brings life and hope out of the pain of what we experience. Like, sin is the reality that we live in, and there is pain, there's death, there's suffering, but God is so good in His redeeming love that death cannot win. Like, I think about, like, the Lord put the world into motion, and so there are these, like, laws of how the world works, how creation works, and just looking around in nature and seeing that there's life that comes from death. Like, you you know that when something dies in the wilderness, so say a tree or a plant or something, like, it dies, but it gives seed that falls to the ground and then other life comes up from that. Or here in West Texas, we see a lot of like grass fires because it's so dry most of the time. And so this grass fire comes in and just completely demolishes and chars um, you know a plot of land but then shortly after it you have this thick green like beautiful grass that has shot up from it you think about just the seasons that fall and winter are literally seasons of death and barrenness yet it paves way to spring where greater stronger life comes up and then we look at the death of Jesus and that is what provided us this hope of eternal life and then the death of our physical self, is the doorway to the greatest hope that we have, and that's life. And so I don't know. I, I'm just sitting here thinking like the fact that death is our doorway to the greatest hope and to the greatest life, and that God is so faithful to not it not just be a promise for the future, but be something that we experience and and see now. Yeah. You were talking earlier, Jake, before we started recording about uh John 16. 33. Yeah, you also threw out James.
1: David David mentioned John 16, 33. Jesus says, you know, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And just you, as you were talking there, just about this idea that, you know, life comes after death. It's backwards um, from our natural thinking, but in Jesus, in God, in Christ, you know, to resurrect, you have to first die and... So Jesus, I love how how direct Jesus is. That he's like, "Hey, um, it's not going to be all rainbows and cotton candy. Like you're yeah. going to have some trouble. Get ready. You know, you're going to have some suffering." And the whole Bible, it's telling us over and over. There's no this idea that you give your life to Jesus, you follow God, everything's going to be peachy. That's not that's not in the Bible. That's a that's a false narrative, right? Yeah. And so Jesus is direct. He goes, "You're going to have trouble, but take heart because I've overcome the world." So what he's saying is that even though you know you're going to you're going to suffer look at your suffering through this higher truth and this higher law this greater better lens that is i've already won i've already overcome the world so you know the the grace of god you know it reminds yeah. me of romans 8:31 david mentioned it on sunday that if god is for us who can be against us it's not saying that nobody's going to be against us it's saying in comparison yeah. to to who is for us it's inconsequential who is against us that we look at the lens, we look through the lens of God's grace for us. He's shown us through Jesus this, this grace, and so now I can look at suffering, and knowing that that the cross has already taken care of it. That Jesus said, "I've already overcome the world." Mm-hmm.
0: Man, so you, I, I want to bring in James one also. Like it, it talks about count it joy, like when you face. Suffering. Count it joy when you meet various trials and various uh, trials of various kinds for knowing that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let your steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And so, again, this idea that like experiencing suffering and walking through that journey is this solidifying process. And in fact, just to bring a little bit of like personal example or testimony to it.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, let me interrupt you for a second and say, like, I, I don't like sticking with just the doctrine and theology because you yeah. you're going like, yeah, but yeah, life but. stinks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, life like, stinks. Those are all great, lofty things, but life really right. stinks. So, how does this actually play out? So, I'm yeah, the,
0: the seasons of my greatest suffering and possibly my greatest like loneliness and doubt were the perfect environments for me to experience the faithfulness of God's presence. When everything else falls away, the faithfulness of His presence to be there, and just that intimate pursuit of His love for me. And I, I my wife and I talk about this from time to time. It's sometimes odd. I find myself missing seasons of suffering because of just how in those places... There is no dependency on any other thing. It is a it is a point where you realize i I have nothing. I cannot control this. I cannot make this better. And there's just this dependency on Christ. And when you get into those places, like you experience it in in a totally new way. Like you're opened up to a a new reality or at least a new revelation of the faithfulness of God in the midst of suffering. And so, yeah, there's times where it's like, man, I miss suffering because I miss how close I was with the Lord in that moment. Because when things are going well, I get distracted by all the things that are going well, or I chalk it up to, Hey, I'm doing pretty good. I've worked really hard. I've been doing this. You know, Mm -hmm. it's because of, because of my sacrifice. But in the seasons of suffering, when, I literally have nowhere else to go and I just call upon the name of the Lord. And it's, I don't even know what to say to you, but I'm just saying like, be here with me that the presence of God is is so thick and tangible in those places. Um, I don't know. It, th- those have been powerful seasons of my life that now shape my reality and understanding of who God is. And so without the suffering, I don't know that I would know I, that I would know the Lord the way I know
2: him now. Yeah. I. So let's just be honest that, we get that perspective usually coming through the season of suffering. In the middle of it, you still feel like you're in the midst of a dark season. Like King David in the Psalm says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Not because he is like, you know... In, Laser beamed out yeah. of the valley of the shadow of death, but because he's, he's, he's still stuck, guided by the shepherd and he's still there, he's going to be comforted. But like, even him saying that you're going to comfort me in the valley of the shadow of death indicates that there is a need for comfort. And so, like, yeah, when James says, consider it pure joy when you face suffering because it develops perseverance, like. It doesn't consider it pure joy in the suffering. It is know that this suffering is accomplishing a, a work for you at the end of it, walking through it, having to, like you said, more more deeply, intimately rely on the Lord. Yeah. And so like it's easy, I think, in the church world when you're not walking through a season of suffering to have these conversations and go, well, they were so good, and I'm so glad that the Lord took me through them. And I think that's true, but you generally only get that. Yeah. perspective once you've come all the way through it because in the middle of that season of suffering you're really having to dive into the lord because you don't know what else to do right so yeah. you had had something broken and lost and you are having to like dive in cuz what else can you do
1: right and there's a dependency i think it's all about in the end it's about like perspective you know which we've are struggling with because we don't have any perspective <laughs> eternally, so that's a problem, so we have to pray about that. Then also, just that that independence slash dependence thing. Yeah. Like, we need to... The whole walk... My whole walk with Christ is about learning to depend on Him more and more and more and more and more. And in the greatest way in my life that I've learned to depend on Him is in difficult times, you yeah. know, that, that that has caused me to depend on Him more, and I think that's what James is saying about, about yeah. perseverance. I think... You're right that in the middle of it especially in the beginning of it you're not feeling that.
0: Definitely. I mean yeah. you're, you're yeah.
1: struggling but I do think that it is at least in my life it it's it's proven to be kind of like a muscle that I get a little better at that um, that because I've been through some suffering and I'm not my suffering isn't you know as bad as a lot of people's but the the amount of suffering that I've been through you know Each time kind of prepares me for the next time, I guess is what I'm saying. So, you know, I'm thinking back to like my mom passed away when I was 18 of a drug overdose, Um, and then a year later my cousin passed away who was my age, and we did the funeral here at Beltway. Uh, We were both 19, uh, and he was in a car crash. and And I remember even in just that year that you know, and I was young, right? So I was I was young, but in that year that I I grew in my ability to understand difficulty there. And so I think we do we do grow in that and we start to understand because once you once it happens, you're like, oh, okay, you know, this stinks. I'm not I'm not like excited about this suffering, but I do feel like Oh man, maybe God's gonna grow me in this. But I did see a lot of people in those same kind of tragedies, and even in my circles, that went the total other way. So it's not a guarantee, you know, um, (laughs) that you're gonna go deeper. You're gonna persevere. It's only by the grace of God that 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 you go deeper.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, for me, one of the greatest seasons of suffering in my life was was going through the my divorce of my first marriage and. I'd seen a lot of people handle divorce, you know, in different ways. And what I saw is those who try not to deal with it or run away from it or not, you know, seek the Lord in it, they end up after several years or months of of just some really difficult stuff, getting to that place like where they're completely broken and they have nothing else. And they're just in that place where it's like, okay, God, I guess I have nothing. And so I kind of had a a understanding of that. And so I kind of just started like, all right, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to get to you one way or another. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to start there. But also I'm, I'm afraid to open this, you know, Pandora's box of emotion and pain and, and all these things that I have, but I am like counting on you being there and just in that place, just, as soon as I kind of took that leap into navigating my pain and the suffering that I had, the Lord was present immediately. And and yeah, at the beginning, it's definitely not joyful at all. But somewhere along the way, I don't know. For me, it was it was this weird thing. I I, I remember telling people, "This is the worst season of my life," but also somehow it's one of the greatest seasons because of what i'm experiencing and and coming to know just as far as the love that god has for me and his faithfulness. and mm-hmm. so it was like this weird like trying to hold these two realities that shouldn't go together like both of them were happening at the same time. but definitely once the suffering is done then there's kind of like the fullness of joy that that came from that.
2: yeah. you know just thinking about people that are in that are listening to this podcast and feel like they're in the middle of that that season of suffering and not knowing like what to do. What you said is basically it is just, we have to remember that we are not alone. So mm. David hits it a little bit, King David hits it in Psalms, you get it in Romans 8, like, yes, you, you are gonna have troubles, there's gonna be difficulties, but he he is there. And that doesn't always make it better in the moment. It can make your relationship with him more intimate. It can make but it's not gonna necessarily bring back your lost loved one or restore your marriage. Like at the end of your story is not that your marriage got no supernaturally brought back together. I mean that yeah. still ended sometimes. That still, happens. Sometimes it does. It didn't. And sometimes, for me. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't. And in the middle of those seasons of difficulty, the I think the most comforting, because I'm sure we have people listening to this right now who are in the middle mm-hmm. of one of those seasons, is that no matter how isolated and alone and you might feel that you are not alone and the one who is with you is the one who overcomes the world take yeah. heart for i have overcome the world and and i i think that we would be remiss to not just i don't know tell people you're in the middle of this season of suffering what are what are ways for both of you that you've kind of gone how do i lean more into the lord in this season of suffering if that is kind of where you're at in your own personal life journey yeah. right now? What are things that you have done to, to lean more into the presence of the Lord, who is the only one who overcomes the world?
0: Yeah. For me, probably one... Of, and I don't remember if it was... Uh, I, I had so many people helping me and walking with me through my suffering, which there there's an answer for you right there. That's like, gonna be
1: my answer. Surround
0: one. yourself with people. Surround yourself mm-hmm. with wise counsel. Surround yourself... With people who don't feel like they have what we said in the very beginning, don't feel like they have to try to explain what's happening, but just be there. Like, just be there. Stop trying to make sense of the suffering and just be there for the journey of experiencing the faithfulness of the Lord in it. But what I was getting to is I I had some people that early on kind of just told me, Brett, whatever you're feeling, Literally just invite the presence of the Lord into it. Because I remember, you know, I'm I'm a, a pastor, and I was a pastor during this, and so I would have meetings that I was going to, to like walk with other people and encourage other people through difficulty that they were going through. And on like my drive to like get to the coffee shop or whatever, like just randomly, I would Like, start just bawling because of my own grief. And I would try to like shove it away and be like, not now, I'll deal with it later. But what I learned in it is whenever that emotion hits, whenever those thoughts hit, whenever that feeling hits, don't try to like stuff it away or compartmentalize it or just, you know, oh, I'll get to it later. Just use that as an opportunity of God, this is what I'm feeling and i just want you to be in it with mm-hmm. me like maybe you'll maybe you'll say something to me maybe you'll give me you know hope or you'll you'll remind me or reveal to me a truth but i just want somebody to be in this with me and so that that was huge for me just whatever i felt whether good or bad you know hopeful or just in complete despair god this is what i'm feeling in the moment and i just want you to be in it with me and I don't really know how to explain what happened from there, but just that experience, like I I said earlier, I just experienced a new level of the Lord's Mm -hmm. faithfulness—that He is there.
1: It's yeah, and it's slow. I mean, I I think if if we're talking to people who are in the middle of difficulty right now, you know, generally it's at least in my life it's been a slow process of, you know, grief and difficulty and leaning into the Lord in that moment in the truck on the way to the meeting, and then the next day having a similar moment. And, you know, those things happening little by little. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I would say that, you know, you don't... You can't, or it's difficult to create a Christ-centered community in the midst of a tragedy. You know, it's really like, do you have that before you Yeah, you need get to the build tr-. so it you gotta, before. You gotta kind of have that. So I think that's huge. And it, assuming you have that then in the midst of a, a tragedy, you're hitting a trial, you're in suffering, you know you really do have two options. You're not gonna come out of it the same, so you're either gonna come out of it closer to Jesus or farther away from them. Yeah. And so using that community and whatever you've got at your disposal, I just wanna encourage you, if you're in the midst of suffering right now, choose to lean into Jesus, choose to not disengage, because a natural tendency is to disengage, to isolate, to move away, and that is the opposite of what you need. You need to Mm -hmm. engage, you need to go, it's gonna be difficult, Jesus told us it was gonna be difficult, You've got the the key here is to just depend more and more on Jesus to go back to Him and go. I don't know. I don't get it. Why'd you do this? What's going on? And just keep going back to Jesus. Keep going back to Jesus. And in your way, like you said, invite the presence of God into those situations. I would say that you know the the little bit of suffering that I've been through in my life, I can't imagine what it would have been like without Jesus. So, you know, if we're talking about this big lofty question. But you know, there's a lot of people who this question isn't even on the table because to them there is no God. Right. So, but they're still going through suffering. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so suffering is constant, and yet you know we're for us as Christ followers, we have Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit to to lean into, and 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 the Christian community to lean into. And so to David's point on Sunday, you know he goes like you're you're asking this question as if to, to decide that there is no God is going to be any better. Like suffering is yeah. Yeah.
0: still he, happening. He said, abandoning faith won't help you understand pain or deal with the reality of no. pain in your life. Like it is something we experience. Absolutely. And, and yeah, abandoning it doesn't make any sense of it. And you're saying our, honestly, our greatest hope is that there is a God, that there is our a only Jesus. Hope. Absolutely. That, that is our greatest hope, our only hope. And he brings life. Mm -hmm. Out of
2: dead things, Mm -hmm. you so you both hit the need for people, the need for community, like godly community that's going to help help be strong for you when you're weak, like help to Mm -hmm. [3] be there to intercede for you and all that. And that is to me that is the most important thing in grief. And you're right, what you said is important, Jake. Is that. Like, you really need to have built and established that community before the hard time. Because in the midst of the hard time, you're just trying to keep your head above water. You feel like you're drowning. You feel like everything is overwhelming and bad, even if that's not the case. But... like in those seasons of deep suffering you're just trying to make it. Mm-hmm. And if you've done the done the work of establishing good community before, then they're there for you. Mm-hmm. And so you do have to be ahead of the game a little bit on that. I would also say something that we've talked about on the podcast before is if that's your season and it might not be the worst thing for you to also to like we're talking about bringing people into that, but it might not be the worst thing to like go and see somebody. We have oh, some yeah. incredible counselors. I don't think I think we've said on this podcast counseling gets this really bad stigma at points, and we're yeah. like nah, everybody this, should go to counseling. It's great. Yes, and so if you want if you were like, well, where would I even start with that? I'm gonna give Brett's email out right now. So you can email Brett Stewart at Beltway.org. We have there some we have some people that we partner with as a church You do counseling stuff, yeah. they're incredible, incredible. Yeah. And so you might feel like, I've been in this season, and as much as I, I just feel stuck, I feel like I'm running in quicksand. And so I just bring people into that with you the absolute worst thing you can do in a season of suffering is try to just put, pull yourself up by your bootstraps yeah. and just make it all on your own yeah. we are not we are not made to be isolated the creatures whole,
1: you can't you can't do it and i think that reminds me of something i was thinking about earlier with this just this idea of expectations within suffering that first of all, I expect that I'm gonna suffer. Jesus was clear about that. Everybody, yep. the Bible's clear about that. But I expect that when I go through suffering, I cannot. I'm not created. the The whole game is is against me. There's no possible way for me to do it on my own and make it out on the other side any any kind of good. Yeah. Right. So I've got my expectations have got to be that I, I have to lean in on, it, and that's that's counseling, that's friends, that's Christian community, that's family. But if you you got to fight the enemy the the lie of the enemy that oh just you know they don't want to deal with you or whatever just go home you got to fight all that and you've yeah. got to bring other people into it and and just this idea, this this expectation with with Romans 8, uh, 28 that David brought up that that God works everything for the good. We have a false expectation that that means, like you said earlier, God is going to fix my problem, my current yeah. problem. Mm-hmm. That's the good. So I love Him because the, the Scripture says, you know, God's going to work everything for the good of those who love Him. So I love Him. Therefore, the suffering is going to go away. I'm going to get. It's yeah. going to get fixed. And then when it doesn't get fixed, it's like, wait a second, either I don't love God or I can't trust God because God said he would do this and he didn't. And so expectations, get your expectations right. The good in that passage, Mm -hmm. like David talked about on Sunday, is eternal hope. I mean, it's the cross, it's it's salvation, right? It's that it's that Jesus has already overcome the world. It's not that your momentary. You know, temporary suffering is going to go away. So get get the expectations right, and I think as you go through suffering, because inevitably we're going to go through suffering. So as you go through it, if you have those things kind of clicked in place ahead of time, or if you're in the middle of it and you can do it now, then you know it's going to be better, and you get you end up on that James one perseverance side rather than the run away from God side that we've seen so many times.
0: Yeah, that's good. Create. Create good expectations. Like get your expectations right. Like Jeffrey said, don't be in isolation. That's possibly no. That is the worst thing that you can do. And I'm also gonna say, get out of your head. Like if you're just allowing this nonstop spiral of thoughts of what ifs, how could this should have what? Like get out of that and talk about it to someone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. For me, that was honestly that was the most miserable place I've ever been in um, at the start of, of my separation and divorce. Like I was losing myself in the cyclical, spiraling thoughts, and I could not stop them. I have
1: never been there. I have no idea what you're mm-hmm. talking about. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> I yeah. know exactly like, what you're talking get, about.
0: Get out of your head and stop trying to answer those questions yeah. and just find people to be able to talk to. And and like we said, it's if you're not in a season of suffering right now, it's best that you're you're working on godly community and godly counsel. Like get that stuff prepared. But maybe you're finding yourself in the midst of that, and you're like, I have no one. Uh, please reach out to us. Contact us. I'm going to put some contacts in the show notes. But reach out to us here at Beltway Park Church. Uh, we have people that that can walk with you, love you, pray for you, encourage you. And then, like Jeffrey said, we have so many connections to just great. Counseling and and great help and great resources, or
2: even individuals who've gone through a situation similar oh, to you. Yeah, I mean,
0: we've hundred percent.
2: The truth is, we've all dealt with at some point mm-hmm. pretty much everything that anyone might ever go through in yeah. their life, and we could go. Well, I I haven't experienced that, so I don't yeah. necessarily I can't necessarily That's... relate to what this is like. But my buddy, man, he walked yeah. right through this, and he can talk to you. And just just feeling that you are not the only one and that you are not stuck on an island and that because you are not isolated because you're not because yeah. you're not no you're suffering not. Yeah. is
0: new to just you like you're not you're not the first and only person that has walked yeah. through this is it, it going to be like this that. it yeah. feels like that is it going to be the same as what someone else went no. through no but this suffering is this is not uncharted waters and you're not the first person that is facing a situation like this and that, that's that, the
1: beauty of the the body of Christ, the church. Yeah. That yep. God set this up. Jesus set this up to, you know, for that.
0: That we're supposed yeah. to
1: we're supposed to lean on each other. We're supposed to carry one another's burdens. We're supposed to be in community with each other. That's the whole thing.
0: Yeah. And if you're if you're someone who's walked through a difficult season of suffering, I would actually, and you've you've come out the other side of it. I would actually challenge you that you're supposed to be involved in the lives of others who are going through similar things like what God does in us is what he also wants to do through, through us yeah. and so how we experience and encounter the hope of Jesus and the hope of of our father like we then get to be a resource a friend wise counsel someone to walk alongside with others to help bring about that same redeeming value that that only, God's love through Jesus can bring. So I would, I would just encourage you in doing that. Yeah. Well, we need to wrap it up today. I know that this is, this is a big topic and did we answer everything perfectly? Yeah. Jake did. Um, <laughs> just kidding. you know, there's so many questions that we didn't get to or that we couldn't ask. So, I mean, this is a big conversation. Yeah. I would encourage you get, get in a group with others and talk about it, explore yeah. this and just dive deeper into the hope that God has. I mean, that that's the thing. When I look at Scripture, death is not the end. Death mm-hmm. does not win. The hope is that our God is a God of life, and life always prevails. Life always comes forth. And that's, that's the
1: thing about Jesus. He resurrected. Yeah. He defeated death. Yeah. So without him, death is the end. But yeah. with him, we have resurrection life. Yeah. So suffering isn't the end. It's so not. We the have end. a hope.
0: That's good. All right. Well, I'm going to include some helpful notes and contacts in the show notes, but we hope you have a great week. Be blessed. And remember, God is moving in your life beyond Sundays.